0: This episode of Black Top Banter is brought to you by Kraftco, the world's leading manufacturer of packaged pavement preservation materials and equipment for the asphalt industry. Learn more at Kraftco.com. Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of Black Top Banter. And uh, so I have a great a guest today that we kind of started talking through email a little bit. Actually, um, you know, was inquiring a little bit. This guy was inquiring about Wiscode a little bit at the beginning here or there. You bet. um, Doing his research. But uh, I got Ryan Wolfsburg. Ryan is a private equity associate with Soundcore. Um, Ryan, you can introduce yourself a little bit more beyond that, please, my friend.
1: Sure. And uh, thank you for having me on, Marvin. Uh, Appreciate it. I know it's been a long overdue and uh, excited to jump on and spend some time with you guys. But uh, Ryan Wolfsburg. Um, I'm originally from Boston, Massachusetts. Um, just a quick little background on me. I uh, graduated from Hamilton College in 2017 up in upstate New York. Um, I played four years of baseball up at Hamilton. I uh, was fortunate enough to go play a couple of years professionally after school. Um, played for a few organizations, uh, two independent, one affiliate. Um, Sussex County Oakland and uh, Ottawa. And um, quickly realized that wasn't going to be a, uh, you know, the Mike Trout of the MLB and go make the three $400 million deal. So uh, didn't want to blow six or seven years of my life in the minor leagues and decided to uh, call it a day and, and move on and start my professional career. Um, so I, uh, let's see, I was a financial marketing, a marketing associate with Raymond James starting in 19. Um, got my series seven and 66 with RJ, um, transitioned to Merrill Lynch, where I became a financial advisor. I oversaw, um, high net worth individuals, investment accounts, uh, namely some professional athletes and entrepreneurs. I say,
0: that's where you and I first connected, right?
1: Yeah. Yeah, Jeff. definitely. Yeah. So, like I said, man, long time over, uh, overdue in, in trying to get this done, but, um, Realized that, yeah, I, you know, I love the space. I, I enjoyed it. Uh, I grew up around it, um, but didn't want that to be my identity in, in my mm-hmm. ultimate career. Um, so I wanted to get into private equity, as you had, uh, had mentioned before. And, you know, I didn't have the traditional background. I didn't have the two or three years of investment banking experience that you typically see or coming out of an Ivy League school. So I had to get a little creative and decided to um, quit my job at Merrill Lynch and uh, become a full-time student and am wrapping up my MBA at uh, the University of North Carolina in Chapel Hill and uh, started with Soundcore during the middle of my MBA experience last summer. I started as an intern uh, in the summertime and uh, I'm on the deal origination team with Soundcore. We work hand-in-hand with uh, the paving team as well. I'm currently on um, along with Alex Buse, Jonathan Tannenbaum, Jeff Long are the three partners on our team um, for paving. And myself and Sam Costani are the other two junior members of our team. And um, had a great yeah. experience last summer and was fortunate enough to get offered a full-time position after my MBA. But as, as, I, as I told you before the show, I've been working part-time ever since. And it's really become a full-time job because we're so active in the paving space. And um, they have had a lot of good things going on in the last year so we're very excited and uh again thanks for having me on
0: yeah man no worries it was uh it was wonderful to be able to meet that team at uh National Pavement Expo right we, yeah we, no we had one a, thing uh, that kind of shot me like off guard is how short all you guys were compared to me but you know it <laughs> hey, is what it don't, is. don't move
1: me into that one Marvin I'm 6'2 but if you, if, you, if, if you look me up I'm 6'3 on paper that's one thing about athletes we'll always uh we'll add an dude, inch or two and we'll take off 10 or 15 pounds dude so. you
0: all were tall you all were tall when I turned around <laughs> like hey Marv I was like okay all right I got some time. I'm not even the around.
1: tallest a- guy so Sam is Sam's got to be 6'5 I think at this dude. point I would have killed to have his height when I was playing
0: Bro is nuts. It was nuts. But uh, I was fortunate enough to meet Alex uh, beforehand, and he's helped us out on a couple calls and stuff here with Blacktop Banner Success Group. But uh, it was great to meet you finally. And, you know, um, I joked earlier about how we met when you were dealing with, um, you know, largely successful human beings with large amounts of capital. Um, it didn't work that way, actually. Uh, you know, through the years, as Wiscoat has had what I would consider success in Southwest Wisconsin um, with what we've built, we've had a lot of inquiries of, Hey man, you know, where we would be curious to see how maybe we could add your business to our portfolio, yada, yada. I show people some numbers and they're like, Hey, it was nice meeting you. Uh, hopefully you see you around. I'm like, yeah, cool. Yeah. I spend a lot of money and uh, spend a lot of time on blacktop banner. So that pulls away from there. But one thing I I noticed this time was different because We kept a relationship going, right? And most of the time, every other um, inquiry I've had, they inquire, that's it, it's over, right? But we kept a relationship going. Um, I think your team realized that there was more to me than just Wisco, and that's kind of how we kept things going and kept things moving. But essentially, that's how we met. We were able to hang out um, at Charlotte, which isn't too far away from where you're at, uh, there at Chapel Hill and whatnot. And, uh, can you just really quick before we get into, um, your baseball career and, uh, your asphalt career now, what were your impressions there of the community and whatnot that you met at national paper expo?
1: Yeah, no, we had a, we had a great experience there. We had a great few days there and, um, hanging out with yours truly as well. Um, but no, we, uh, we had a great experience, uh, meeting all the different business owners out there that are looking to grow, um, their businesses from all over the country. Uh, we're primarily focused in the upper Midwest, but, um, as I've told you in in previous times, uh, we're firstly focused on doing business with great people. Mm -hmm. Um, that's where, and and as you had pointed to, I believe the essence in life is, is in relationships and and building it with good people and people you want to do business with because we're on this earth for such a short period of time and I think that's the most important thing, honestly at the end of the day. If you're not doing it with people that you know you're not excited to go hang out with and and, and um you know do big things with together, then that's not a, a beneficial relationship for either party. So uh, yeah, I think what I, it's I think about the biggest experiences
0: take home, right experiences and relationships. Yeah.
1: Yeah. The biggest take home from, from MPE I thought was um, the amount of great people that were there. Um, I forget the hotel that we were staying at. I think it was, um, well, I want to say it was the Marriott right across the street, but a a lot of um, the business owners and and their teams were staying there and Mm -hmm. um, a lot of great times at the bar uh, at the end Mm -hmm. of the day and and a lot of great uh, dinners that we, that we had during that week. And uh, I think just the overall takeaway was the amount of great people and and hardworking people that you find in this in this industry, it's a it's a blue collared tough nose, grinding type oh, yeah. industry. And that's you know was we'll get into it from the baseball side. That's that's what I'm used to. So um, yeah. that's who I can really see eye to eye with and relate really with.
0: Yeah, yeah, and you hit the nail on the head. I mean, it's it's guys that um, how do I want to put this? You have a camaraderie with because you have went through the same stuff with i'm sure you've dealt with that right with your your baseball career and whatnot we have that in our industry too like when you meet up with somebody and you realize that they spent hours and hours on a parking lot with it 100 degrees out and you're sweating to death dying putting calluses on your hands and that's how you went from the life that you had to the life you have now immediately there's a connection where you're like, yep, that's a good guy right there. And in our industry, we all know the fact that if you're even at an event like an expo or a conference or anything, chances are you had to go through that to even get to that point, right, when you're some of those guys. Um, the the crazy part is, is because our industry has grown so much and people realize that there is a lot of money to be made in the asphalt world, thankfully, which was great for every industry, <laughs> you get a lot of people coming through. Um, in passing, right, over time. And it's just surface stuff. But when you are when you're able to connect with people who you realize can connect with you in some way, even in parallel industries, it works out really well. I, I mentioned to you beforehand, you know, we've got um one of my good friends I talk to often now is Will James, who played in the NFL for 10 years. We have a very similar we have a lot of similar paths, right, in our lives. Same thing with my friend Spencer Boyd, who's in NASCAR Dude, they have, like, no bearing. They're not going to drop into a bunch of asphalt guys and be like, we did it, right? But they're going to be able to relate. And when you can relate, then you can develop relationship, and things tend to go a lot smoother, which is where we are. But let's kind of talk about a little bit of that background first, man, of of um your trajectory into professional baseball and whatnot, too, as well. And um just kind of how that all came about. And then how, yeah, you know, you kind of mentioned how you got into your – the asphalt world right now in your asphalt career but give us a little bit of that background and then I'm going to ask you about some similarities about those things.
1: Yeah, sure. Uh and I could I could talk baseball all day. It's uh Dude, you know, we, got day. A, we got opening day. We got opening day going point. on right now. The Sox are playing. I think they started at two <laughs> o'clock I don't know what that score is at, but uh it's a good it's a good day in the baseball world, but um yeah, no, I uh I played 4 years um of baseball at Hamilton College, which is a small division three, uh, school in upstate New York. And, um, you know, kind of how I found a division three school was, um, you know, not necessarily part of the plan. I, uh, I actually broke my back in my, uh, my sophomore year of high school and, um, yeah. that kind of took me away. Yeah. It was a, it was a good nine month, uh, recovery and a hard brace. And, uh, I missed the entire, um, division one recruiting process. And, um, you know, by the time I had come back, you know, all these D one coaches were looking at me saying, who's this, um, you know, and, and why are you not, why are you not on our radar? How did we miss you? And, um, it was kind of too little too late. Um, there were a couple of schools, but it wasn't any schools that had fit both that academic and athletic mold, um, that I was looking to, to get out of my college experience. So, um, I actually started at a uh, small division one school um, called the College of the Holy Cross in Worcester, Massachusetts. Um, started there um, as a, as, I think we titled it as a preferred walk-on. Uh, but our, our coach, uh, who is now uh, actually coaching in the Cleveland Indians organization, who I respect a great deal, um, he had recruited 19 freshmen. Um, and, uh, there wasn't, needless to say, there wasn't going to really be much of a, uh, a path to getting on the field, you know, very quickly, especially yeah. as the new kid coming in the door and um, trying to break in. So um, Hamilton was a school that had taken a look at me in, uh, in the high school, late stage recruiting process. And, um, you know, ultimately Coach Burns up there uh, got in touch with me my freshman fall at Holy Cross and Uh, I transferred up there, uh, starting the spring of my freshman year and had a great four years up there. It was, um, you know, the best four year experience I could have ever asked for. It was, um, you know, I have teammates that have been brothers like mine for, for life and, um, had just an incredible experience up there. We see each other all the time. We're always on different golf trips and whatnot and catching up in various cities, wherever, anybody lives. Most of them live in New York. So I'm pretty hyped to get back up there and um, move there and see those guys. But, um, you know, four years at Hamilton, it was it was not a breeding ground for professional athletes by any means. Sure. Um, You know, we our our program had been around for well over 100 years. And, um, you know, we'd never made the playoffs. Uh, You know, that's it was almost bad news bears type environment (laughs) when we when we when when my class had shown up. Um, and, uh, you know, ultimately the program ended up getting into the, uh, it's having its first playoff experience last season and getting into the championship game. And yeah, I'd like to think our, our class and, uh, the class of 17 helped kind of turn that program and shape that program on the right direction, but played four years there, had a good experience. Um, but I realized quickly after my freshman year, I didn't put up great numbers. Um, I only hit 275 my freshman year. Um, and I kind of had a, a, a little talk with myself at the end and just said, Hey, listen, you know, what do you want out of this? Right. Do you want to play another three years of college baseball and be done? Or do you really want to go for it? Right. Do you really want to like sell yourself out and just go for it? And I, I went with that. And I, I just absolutely turned on the jets when it came to, um, preparation in the off season, finding different, you know, teams to play for in the summertime to get me, you know, seen by these professional teams uh, whatever it meant to get myself on the map. Um, you know, and, and what that ended up looking like at the end was, um, I hit 400 for the next three years at school. Ooh. I ended up breaking the, the, the hits record, the home run record, RBI, batting average, the slugging total bases. There's a bunch of records in there, but. So how did, um, how
0: did you do that? I don't want to, I don't want to take away from it. Cause I got a few questions already in, in this link, <laughs> but, but how do how do you do that, dude? How do you, how do you do what you've done up to a certain point and underperform and then all of a sudden you just decide I'm going to overperform and then you can consecutively overperform. Like, how do you do Not that
1: alone? Like, yeah. You don't do it alone. Um, you don't do it alone. Um, I was fortunate. Um, I had two of the best parents in the world. Um, you know, my dad was always my coach growing up and he was always the best coach I ever had. Um, he understood me better than anybody. Um, and to this day he still does. We have a, Pretty tough love relationship, but um, you know, I don't get there without him. And then my mother's the yeah. same way; she always had driven me to every practice and every, um, you know, rehab session for you know, get my body right to make sure I was ready to play. Um, mm-hmm. And then honestly, it's cliche, but it's true. My teammates, uh, my, my my classmates in particular at, at Hamilton were a huge reason. So anytime, I had a Did pretty the atmosphere abnormal-
0: change. Ryan, did the atmosphere change to where all of a sudden it's, you guys started to all want to perform? So you are all doing things to perform at a higher level? Is that what I think did you it, got you think? inspired.
1: I think everybody kind of inspired each other. I don't think I, okay. I, I, it wasn't just me. Uh, right. It was it was everybody uh, collectively. I think, you know, what was really important, Marvin, I didn't have like your traditional college experience because I had to, to try and get to the professional level. I had to try and put myself on a D1 schedule in the mm-hmm. off season outside of the uh, outside of playing to try Correct. and catch up to those guys. Right. Right. And I was fortunate because my teammates in my class, um, you know, all of which loved the grind, right. The, those were guys that would be in the cages with me until midnight on a Saturday. Right. We would right. be, you know, in the, in the weight room lifting at nine o'clock on a Friday. Right. We weren't going out and partying left and right. We were pretty focused as a group. And, um, you know, doing it, it would not, it would have been really hard to do it by yourself, right? That's not right. something you can't do alone. So, um, you know, I, I really attribute a lot of it to those people. And you also have to have great coaches along the way. I mean, you know, I, I mentioned my head coach before. He gave me an opportunity to, to play, but we had an assistant coach as well, Coach Lamborn. I'll never forget. Um, he would do whatever it took to make sure that I was in the best possible position for me to succeed. I'll give you an example, Um, you know, my junior and senior year when playing professionally started to really become a, you know, um, a likelihood, you know, the facilities are different now at Hamilton, we have some of the best facilities in in our conference, but Mm -hmm. um, at the time, like our batting cage was in this dimly lit, um, you know, tough, like kind of beat up uh, back room, if you will. And, you know, it wasn't really a spot to kind of get ready for a game by any means. I mean, it was, the school was definitely not setting us up to succeed by any means. But, and my coach knew that. Um, So, you know, me being, you know, petty, I guess, if you will, I needed to make sure I got ready on the field before every game. You know, before anybody else was out there, I would be out there at, you know, 10 in the morning if the game was four o'clock that day, and I'd be hitting on the field. And my coach would be throwing me, Batting practice to get me ready, but then I would have classes right afterwards, and he would be the type because the rule number one—I don't know if you ever played baseball growing up—you never make your coaches go pick up the balls, right? You pick up the balls right. if they're going to th- yeah. if they're throwing, you know, you're going to go pick them up. He right. would never let me pick them up if I had a class. He would say, "No, this is my, you know, this is my conditioning. I'm going to go get it." And I'm like, oh, really? no, "Coach, like this is uh, this is not how we do it." And He said, "No, this is how I do it. I want to make sure you're in the right position to succeed." And, you know, I don't have the career I have, I don't have the relationships I have, if it's not for people like Coach Lamborn and really setting the example and, um, you know, having my back through it all. So I had great coaches at Hamilton, I had great teammates in Hamilton, and my support system away from the field was huge. So, you know, I Mm -hmm. credit all the people that, you know, don't have access to that, um, that end up making it and making it way farther than, than I ever did, because, I don't know how they do it, honestly, because I I had it tough as is. And, you know, I had it easier than pretty much so many other people. So, um,
0: but we we talk about that sometimes. I mean, it it, it comes down to eventually, um, you know, the the people who can do do and go farther with less. Sometimes it comes down to just things that are anomalies, right? Where whether it's pure physical talent or whether they have some kind of deep inside passion that has lit a fire that nobody is going to be able to extinguish, right. Or do whatever, or they just have different physical traits that allow them to go longer, faster, harder than anybody else. But um, yeah, I mean, that's what it comes down to, but here's the other thing. For you to be doing what you do at Hamilton, there's that's still a select few of guys that play Allegiant mlb baseball and then ones who go on to have a, a professional career even in the minors or whatever where literally it was hard work determination practice repetition over and over all the things that make successful businesses right and successful entrepreneurs and successful anybody who is above a tier above average that yeah there's fewer of those people but most of them got there that crop got there by hard work and determination right the outliers that are way above their course like we were saying mike trout you know he, they have something extra right so um it, it, that's a big similarity as we start jumping into that but i want you to kind of get into how it parlayed into uh you know, your professional career after hamilton too, as well yeah it
1: was a long-winded answer by the way i'll try and give you the, the short piece it's all of good it, dude
0: it, dude the, yeah dude, it no,
1: paints a picture it's, it's it, a large part yeah yeah yeah, it's yeah, a large it was a large part of my life for almost 20 years honestly. can I, and, um, can I
0: ask you before you jump there I don't want to cut you yeah. off again but I want to know about no. your back injury your back injury how did that yeah happen? can I ask you about that
1: yeah overuse uh, I was fifteen years old um and kind of so I guess you could say I had that mentality at an early age um, you know wanted to go prove people wrong I guess um yeah. I, I I it was an overuse injury at a okay. time where I was still growing and um I would be in the cages three or four times a week I would be lifting three or four times a week and all that rotational um you know stress you put on your back at that age when you're not fully grown yet um mm-hmm. put so much stress on it and I ended up getting a um <clears throat> an L5 fracture in my lower back and Dang, um I laid out for a uh a ball to, to catch in, in like the second spring practice we had at high school. And uh, I felt my back crack right then and there. And I, you know, know, I didn't know what to expect because I could barely get off the field. Um, I limped over to the car and it was nine months of, honestly, pure hell at that point. Um, mm-hmm. It was, that was a really tough um, recovery and, and being away from the game that you love at kind of that young age. Um, um it, it builds some scars on you. It definitely puts some, uh, puts some wear and tear on you. But again, that's when you kind of rely on your, you know, I don't know if, you know, sports that well, uh, but Stuart Scott, he's no longer Mm -hmm. with us. He's a former Tar Heel. Um, Mm -hmm. the ESPN anchor, you know, when he was Mm -hmm. going through his fight with cancer, um, he, he famously said in his speech at the ESPYs, you know, I'll, I'll paraphrase, um, you know, there were days in his fight where he couldn't fight Now I'm not liking cancer to a back injury, but there were days where he couldn't fight to to move forward. But he had his support system around him that could fight for him. And and there were yeah. plenty of those days. And I think when you're trying to do something really special, and you're trying to dream big, and you're going after it, you know, you're going to need that group of support around you um, to help bring you up. And you got to, you know, you, you have that close knit of, Of people there to help bring you on the way but
0: yeah he said uh come on up here daddy needs a hug yeah yeah i mean he had his daughter come up and give him a hug because he was that's what he was talking about was his support system when it's there but yeah man the parallels between that right overcoming adversity to it actually you you go harder i think afterwards right i mean it makes you be like okay i'm going to be more careful more tactful but now yeah. I have something to prove, right?
1: And, and you learn more too. You pick up on knowledge and you, you learn more from the people around you. And I think that's mm-hmm. really important when you're in anything in life. It's not just baseball, mm-hmm. any, any type of business, whether it's asphalt or, or anything. I, I think when you can learn um, from the people around you and really understand and internalize what's being said, um, you know, that's when you really increase your repertoire and you really become you know, something lethal at that point where you yeah. can really go attack your dreams.
0: Speaking about that repertoire, what was it like then transitioning from Hamilton to um, getting getting into these minor leagues and starting to play uh, different levels of ball?
1: Yeah, so, um, you know, putting up great numbers at Hamilton and and having success there, it wasn't going to be enough because as I had mentioned, it was a smaller D three school. We never had, um, you know, someone really of that magnitude from a professional standpoint, you know, be scouted or evaluated like that. So you needed to do a little bit something more to kind of separate yourself from the pack. So Mm -hmm. I ended up uh, cold calling about 250 different um, summer ball teams, my summer, uh, my sophomore year, to go play summer ball in the top collegiate league to try and start get my name on um, the map and radar of these pro teams. And Mm -hmm. my first summer in uh, my sophomore year, I ended up playing in Compton, California, um, in the California Collegiate League uh, at the MLB Academy, and uh, had a had an incredible experience. Uh, I didn't know a whole lot about Compton going into it, other than knowing uh, Compton being Compton. But um, you know, I, I had an incredible experience, man. I so much so I ended up going there right after I graduated from Hamilton to go um, prepare for for professional baseball. And I stay in touch with those guys um to this day i think they taught me a lot i think more about life than about baseball honestly in what it takes to really grind and succeed in um you know a pretty tough environment so i had an incredible yeah. experience out in Compton and um was able to parlay that into playing in the Cape Cod League um the following summer which is known as the top collegiate summer league um and then also the NECBL as well, the New England Collegiate Baseball League, which is you know deemed as the number two league right underneath the Cape. And being a mm-hmm. Boston kid playing the Cape I was, was say, a dream come true. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's up by home. I, I went to the uh, the camps growing up when I was younger. Um, I always had dreams of playing and and putting on that uniform, but I didn't play very well when I got there. I think I went like one for eight or something, and I struck out in like half the at bats I was there. But uh, to say I did it and it it was actually important Marvin because when I was there for the few weeks I was there I saw nothing but 95 to triple digits on the mound and yeah. when I went back to the NECBL, I would see routinely 90 to 95 so now yeah. that baseball looked like a like a beach ball and I, I went on a I went on a run I think you could uh, debate that I was you know the top offensive player coming out of that league that summer and that's what really ended up putting me on the map i was a starter in the all-star game i was the first team all league i had a really good experience with new bedford and um again a uh, plenty of great paving companies for our for our, uh, our our listeners on there shout out to new bedford <laughs> yeah. um it's a uh, blue collar town in massachusetts there, bro. oh yeah absolutely Dude, absolutely packed and tight absolutely the portuguese uh uh, clan down there they they yep. the big portuguese population uh, down in new bedford and uh they had a great portuguese fest at the end of every season so uh oh, we had dang. a great I time that was down there I
0: was say, dude, uh, but that we had a killer. blast
1: we looked forward to that um but eventually you know we'll fast forward to now between that experience in summer ball and in college um that translated to uh ultimately getting into professional baseball and um you know having stints with sussex county and Oakland in the 2018 spring training and, um, you know, Ottawa for a game up, up, uh, above the border. Um, but mm-hmm. at that time I played in Ottawa for one game and, uh, I, uh, I was off for probably four months prior when I had gotten, uh, cut from, um, spring training. And I was trying to find a job and trying to get another opportunity in pro ball. Um, you know, it was really starting to wear on me, you know, at some point right. you want to go play. Right. And, uh, you know, I finally got back to playing and, um, you know, we're on, uh, we're taking batting practice and, you know, you think you're, you're getting excited, you know, you're two hours away from game one and you're finally back. And, you know, I'm, I'm talking with my teammates and whatnot. And, uh, one of my teammates tells me, and I want to make sure I get this right. That, uh, what was it that, Michigan is in Detroit and Pennsylvania is in Philadelphia. And I'm saying to myself, this isn't making sense. I don't know if this is for me anymore. I got to, uh, I got to bounce. And I think I, I think I struck out twice in that game that night. Cause my head was half in it and half out. And, you know, I just signed up here. I drove all the way up here and now I'm going to drive home and I don't know what I'm going to do next for the next chapter, but I knew I was kind of done with baseball at that point. And, um, um, you know, it was a great, it was a great experience, but
2: um, yeah.
0: Well, I mean that's that's what we that's what we talk about a lot, dude. Is like I I always love the origin stories because it paints a picture of why people are the way they are, why their character traits are the way they are, what makes them unique, and then what makes them good at what they do now, right? Or bad at what they do now. Like sometimes that's that's the realization too, as well. But yeah, it's it's always good to get that. um, You know, it's always good to have that origin story and to to do. That's the main thing I've always come to find out. Somebody who strives to improve themselves, no matter what category they are, uh, or, or where they're at, or what industry or what career they're shooting for in their development years, they always end up landing on their feet. A you know a good amount percentage. I won't say always, but they always end up landing on their feet really well, and they have traits that work out well if they're put in the right position going forward. So, I want to jump into. Um, you know, your career now and some similarities between, um, your baseball career and that. And we're going to do that, but real quick, I want to make sure that we take a break and hear a word from our sponsors. Now that spring is here, it won't be long before we're back out in the field. And a key part of being successful this year is making sure we have the products we know and trust to get the job done right each and every time. That's why we use Craftco for all of our crack and joint sealant needs. Craftco products are safe, easy to use, and consistent in their quality and performance. So we spend less time troubleshooting and more time building jobs. Plus, Craftco's industry-leading service and support team means they're ready to assist with any questions we do have along the way. So if you're ready to ditch the hassle and the headaches this year, visit Craftco.com and give their products a try. I know you'll be glad you did. That's C-R-A-F-C-O.com. From their iconic hot boxes to their infrared machines, and now the KM Blacktop Banner Edition seal coating unit, KM International has established itself as one of the toughest and longest lasting equipment manufacturers in the asphalt world. Check out KM International on all forms of social media and be sure to see all they have to offer at KMInternational.com. Recently unveiling their electric line of rollers and plate compactors, DynaPack continues to make an impact in the asphalt industry, literally. They lead the way in innovation when it comes to compaction. For their full product lineup, visit Dynapack.com. Dynapack, your partner on the road ahead.
2: Hey there, Blacktop Banner fans. This is Hayden. I am the co-founder of Spot on Site, a mobile app that's going to help you guys scope jobs faster, win more work, and communicate seamlessly with your customers and with your team. Uh, We're asphalt contractors ourselves. We run an asphalt paving company based out of Denver, Colorado. So we built this mobile app to help you guys out to ensure that you guys are no longer losing work because of poor proposal presentation, and you're no longer losing money because of inefficiencies and punch list items and all the headaches that we go through as contractors so check us out we have a free 14-day trial on spotonsiteapp.com you guys can try it out and we'd love for you guys to get started we know this is a game-changing app that will help you measure and mark your locations in your parking lots document using timestamped photos videos and comments and send professional looking reports to your customers check us out spotonsiteapp.com
0: Cool. All right. We're back. And uh, don't forget to go check out spot on site. But uh, also as well, uh, you know, when we were before the break, we were talking about your career with baseball. And, uh, you know, I didn't get to know you then. Fortunately enough, I've got to know you now as we talk about blacktop. Now we get to be we get to be in this industry, in this realm. And, uh, you know, I I like to think that I know. What I'm talking about, but it comes out really soon, dude that there's a lot of guys who are the Mike Trouts in my industry, and I'm like, all right bro, you guys teach me you tell me right like I want to know, but I still find it interesting it's still my sport, the asphalt world, so I love every aspect of it and I love hearing those stories and those types of things but you've had a you've had a good amount of time here now uh, and got to know people right within the industry and uh these business owners and those types of things but what? did you learn you think so far um, in your baseball career that has helped you out and translated into the asphalt world?
1: Yeah, it's a good question. Um, You got to be tough. You know, you got to be tough. You got to be able to um, handle adversity. And when it's thrown your way, you got to be resilient. And I think that's how character is built. Honestly, Mm -hmm. I think. um, And that, that doesn't matter if you're, 30 years in the industry at 50 years old or my age at 28, um, there's going to be plenty of times where you're knocked down and, and you got to get back up. Um, mm-hmm. You might get knocked out or knocked down. You just can't get knocked out. And, um, you know, people ask me about the baseball career all the time. And I often tell them it was 98% success or 98% failure and, and 2% success. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and the 2% success is the Jersey behind me and the the first game check. Um, hung up over over there. And um, to get to that point, it was a lot of failure. It's a lot of putting yourself out there and and having it blow up in your face. Honestly, there, there was plenty of times where there was embarrassment. Um, there was plenty of times where you put yourself out there and um, it doesn't work out. But you eventually have to understand you have to be comfortable with the uncomfortable. And again, it's cliche, but It's true. Um, I think the biggest, you know, thing that I learned in my baseball experience, I was never, you know, the top uh, prospect coming out of high school, I was never the top prospect coming out of college, but I worked harder than anybody else. And I wanted it more than anybody else. And and at the end of the day, you know, what hurts more, right, the pain of hard work, or the pain of regret, at the end of the day, if I gave it everything I could, then that's all that matters. Right? At the end of the day, if you fail seven out of 10 times in baseball, you're a hall of famer. So, you know, when you, you know, for example, you face pressure, right? I I totally understand and and believe in pressure. I think, I think pressure is the thing I'm not going to sit here and be cocky enough to say pressure is not a thing, but Mm -hmm. I think pressure can be mitigated, right? I think if you are prepared to the fullest extent and you did everything you could to get that uh, and achieve that goal of yours, and it doesn't work out well then you did your job you control what you can control and I think it's the same thing i I learned that when I was playing baseball in in many hard ways and tough ways and whatnot but um, I grew from it and I think that's what I've really started to experience in the asphalt world as well um, there are a lot of really good people in this industry a lot of people that have built family businesses um, 20 30 40 years generations on generations Um, who I can guarantee you, we bring anybody on this show. Um, we'll tell you about their failures and, and their process to, you know, getting to the top. I mean, we were talking about it before we jumped on blacktop banter has not always been this really great podcast, right? Like it took plenty of time and plenty of, you know, blood, sweat, and and tears, quite frankly. Yeah. You know, to get to where you are. I cringe, bro. You know, that's what I'm saying, to get where you are. And I think Mm -hmm. being able to really kind of ground yourself and, you know, at the end of the day, you know, work harder than anybody else. More often than not, you're going to find your way to the top. You know, you just need to know where you're going. You need to know that destination. And you can't, you can't waver from that. At the end of the day, it might be a little bit of a zigzag route there, but you're (laughs) going to get there. And you just need to trust the process and trust where you're going. And I see that in the asphalt world as well. I see it Mm -hmm. in the private equity world. Um, I Mm -hmm. see it in in, in any business landscape. Um, Going to UNC right now in in business school, we have a lot of talented uh, professionals that are going into um, investment banking, commercial real estate, construction, um, Mm -hmm. a lot of different types of businesses. And you see a lot of similar qualities in everybody in that they have all dealt with failure. And and it's at the end of the day, what's important is how you respond to that failure and um, how you show that resiliency.
0: Do you think that the successful businesses, like those family businesses and people who have built it up? um, You know, do you think that there are similarities and traits that those people who built those businesses have? Do you see that when you guys talk to people? And I know Soundcore does a great job of going out, getting to know the people, getting to know the business owners and really understanding them as people. Are there similarities or traits that these guys have that are the same and gals that have made it successful in the asphalt world to the scale that Soundcore shows interest?
2: 100%.
1: And I think what's really inspiring quite frankly uh from soundcore's perspective it it starts at 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 the top for for our team um our founding uh partner jared turner has really put together a really strong tight-knit team of partners and and junior staff members um you know our our partners you know alex alex Mm -hmm. is a huge reason why i signed back on with alex or or with Mm -hmm. soundcore um Mm -hmm you know, Alex is more than a boss to me. Alex is a friend, a mentor. Um, He wears a lot of different hats. And and, you know, I know a lot of people in the private equity world that quite frankly, hate their boss. Um, I love my boss. And I love the partners that we have at the firm. And what the partners have done in building on our junior team, we're
0: pointing to himself, Ryan, Chris is pointing to himself. When you said that, (laughs) because I'm his boss, he was pointing to
1: himself (laughs) over there. So Yeah, yep. it's it's it, it's important. you um, will be here. He'll be here, he'll
0: be here all guy. night on overtime, just in case anybody wants to stop by and see him.
1: Hey, man! Like I said, you're you're always welcome <laughs> at the uh, at the next Soundcore event by any means. You always have a standing invite, Chris. You do too in the back, but
0: um, you got pity It's important, man. It, it's
1: it's important. You see it everywhere, and I pointed to it in the beginning of the uh, the podcast. We we want to do business with great people, and I think yeah. that is really transparent um, within our, uh, within our office and with every business that we've done business with, um, mm-hmm. you know, we've, we've done business now in commercial paving. We've partnered with two companies, ACI and ACS, both in, mm-hmm. um, the Minnesota region. And, um, mm-hmm. you know, I want to highlight fans. one in particular. Yeah. Jim Bebo with ACI. Yeah. Jim has been incredible. Him, yeah. yeah. Jim's incredible. Um, Jim is a Swiss army knife for us. He he wears a lot of different hats and, um, offers a lot of different ex- levels of expertise. Um, yeah. And Jim's a great person. And, you know, you were hanging out with Jim as well when we were at MPE. And, um, you know, I don't think we would be the team that we are without Jim. Uh, I think yeah. everybody relies upon heavily upon each other. And um, Dude, he's important. the
0: Swiss Army knife. He's the one that has the toothpick on one side and then the little baby <laughs> tweezers on one side. And then we flip it over. It's got the spork right exactly like that's pr- dude like literally through the conversations him and i've had dude there is not anything he hasn't done seen and dealt with over the years dude so when well he's you a big hunter in, i'm trying
1: to get him to get me on the yeah, dude he's a this huge point. hunter
0: he's a yeah. huge hunter uh has a, gr- a lot of bird land and stuff there too dude he's he's a man's man we'll put he's the ron burgundy jim bebo's <laughs> the ron burgundy of the asphalt world we'll say
1: i I agree, and I think we have yeah. to. Uh, I think we have to do something now with that. We got to coin that. We got to yeah. coin that.
0: Jim Burgundy. Yeah. <laughs> Dude. So the the thing that that I'm curious about, right, is we you've had a chance to evaluate a fair amount of companies now, and the the leaders that are there um, to kind of get into closing. Um, you know, you've you've been able to see the traits and personalities, and which ones have succeeded and which ones haven't what would be advice and and you've had, you know, like you said, you worked hard, overcame obstacles in your professional career and things in the baseball world. What advice do you have for people who just want to succeed, right? They have something they want to do, whether they want to build a company that is large enough and efficient enough and well-oiled enough that a private equity company shows interest, uh, and and maybe acquires whatever if that's your goal, or whether they want to become a professional baseball player, like, what advice do you have for people who just want to succeed? What, what does that look like? You know, what does that framework look like for people who want to succeed at something?
1: I think the biggest thing, Marvin, is being a lifelong learner. Um, And I think really, you know, putting together a good group of people around you to help you get to where you want to go. I think at the end of the day, you need to dream big, and I think if you're not failing a lot to get to your your ultimate goal, then you're not dreaming big enough. Um, you know, at the end of the day, you need to really, you know, humble yourself to the point yeah. where you go for it in life, right? And I think um, being a lifelong learner, no matter where you're at in your career, I think is really important. Um, and having said that, having the resiliency to um overcome anything that's thrown your way. At the end of the day, it's not going to be a smooth sale. It's uh, life is life is not easy uh in more ways than one. Not not just business, not just baseball, person you know, your personal life. Everything that comes your way, um, it's not easy. And at the end of the day, you're gonna have good days, you're gonna have bad days, you're gonna have really bad days, and you're gonna have really great days. But mm-hmm. at the end of the day, you need to stay, you know, very level headed, not get too high, not get too low. Um, and stay the course. And I think ultimately if you have that overall vision for what you want to accomplish with your business or with your life, both professionally, personally, or whatever, um, I think as long as you stay the course and trust that you're gonna get there one way or the other um, and you have a lot of people surrounded around you that wanna see you succeed. Um, and, and also too, I mean, you, know, <laughs> you get inspired by the people that don't wanna see you succeed yeah um, i do you dude. know i you know this,
0: this, I, 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 this whole thing's been founded on haters bro It's fantastic yeah. I, yeah, I, trust me, I got a long more list. than they ever know bro like oh, i couldn't yeah. do it without them and i I, yeah. I hope they keep coming honestly
1: yeah and i i uh, you know through baseball through the career i can't tell you how long my list of haters is honestly and, and and i'm you can say it's wrong, you can say it's right, I'm fueled by it. And I think at the end yeah, of the same. day, that's what is going to get me to the finish line is remembering being told I couldn't do yeah. it or being same. told that, um, dumb. you know, I like, wasn't the right up. person for the job, yeah. or I wasn't, you know, gonna make it or I'm dreaming too big or looking at me wide eyed for you know, what I want to do down the road. Yeah, as long as you can block that out and remember, at the end of the day, you know, who you're doing it for and what you're looking to do. And you stay the course, you're going to be golden.
2: Cool,
0: man. I appreciate it a lot, dude. Now, it's a great piece of advice. And yeah, I mean, it's that's anything that translates to anything, right? Which you know, we there's a I give an example, dude, and then um, we're, we're going to talk about your socials and where everybody can find you and find info on Soundcore and whatnot because we want to help people connect to you all if if they feel like that they're they're a fit or a match or whatever. But sure, um, I, I met somebody. So i was in boston um meeting with a, a company that we consult with and a sponsor of the podcast 800 Payment network shout out um and i was on my way back dude on a flight and it was a flight that had been get delayed and we realized we were going to get caught in detroit and have to stay overnight and literally i can almost see madison wisconsin from detroit and couldn't get a flight to get me there that night so we ended up having to stay and whatnot and i remember having this conversation with a young lady and she was like yeah i'm headed to an expo from here but i'm not going to be able to fly out i'm going to phoenix arizona i think and i was like oh really she's like yeah i'm like well what expo she said the balloon making uh sculpture professionalists expo and i'm like they literally have an expo for everything like i so then i said, like show me some of your work like i gotta see like why someone would get invited to this and the fact that three even is one dude it was some of the most amazing shit i had ever seen a human being could build out of balloons <laughs> right and i'm like dude the 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 amount of time and work that it first took you to put this together is amazing the fact that you had to trial and error so many times to become an artist like this is amazing and she was like Everybody thought I was crazy. Right. And I'm like, well, F them now. Like, exactly. Like, <laughs> like, dude, you, you get invited to this conference where you're getting paid buku bucks and being part of it because you make badass balloon sculptures. And she's like, I just wanted to be the best. And I'm like, yeah, totally, like, dude, totally good story um
1: we'll see if you can can get us a couple guest passes for that next one because phoenix and scottsdale are my uh my second home so dude i would love to go
0: bro i dude i'd love to go (laughs) you know what i'd like to i hope she gets to make them for hole 16 on the waste management open dude. then if we get tickets i'm totally going bro did you see that
1: i've probably seen them. then i've been i've been plenty of times one of my old agents uh had a box on 16 every year and uh we'd go and it's a fun it's time, man. We were actually out there bro. this year, and uh, for the Super Bowl, dude. You,
0: you better invite me next time. I seen it on the, the Netflix documentary.
1: <laughs> yeah, uh, for the exactly. Gol- for golf. Full swing,
0: dude. And it was, it was, yeah, last, yeah, full swing, dude. It was crazy, bro. Yeah, dude. We, I, I'm, we golf a lot around here, dude. Because there's not very much to do, so we golf a lot. I'm never gonna be good. Sometimes I'll surprise the guys and and beat somebody, and I rub it in like immensely because I'm not good at all, on, on their worst day, and on my best day i can beat them and i make sure they never forget it but um but totally dude like there's totally all these different ways that people can be successful if they want to be and they put they apply what you just said and that piece of advice to it where can people connect with you ryan if they want to whether they're an asphalt uh company that um you know we, we we do a good job soundcore does a good job interacting with companies that Um, aren't quite where they would be acquired by a capital holding company or anything like that. But they do a good job of educating these companies on what it takes to get there. Right. And some of these guys, that's, that's their goal. Like there's guys that are in the blacktop banner success group. That's their goal. Like they're asking questions like, Hey, I want to get big enough to where I'm Jim Bebo. Right. And it's like, dude, totally cool. So how can people connect? And then how can people find information out about Soundcore?
1: Yeah, sure. So you can uh, learn more about Soundcore at uh, soundcorecap.cap.com. Uh, mm-hmm. um, mm-hmm. You can also check us out on LinkedIn. We have a a, a great LinkedIn page where we uh, yeah. keep up to date on the different deals that we're working on and the different industries that we're plugged into, but also different social events that we're doing in the office as well. Because um, you need to have a personal life outside the office too, and you you don't just grow a relationship in the office and in and, and in the trenches. You got to have some fun hey, along the Chris way. Did. Absolutely, absolutely. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, yeah for you got to really, do that. True. And, and uh, you know, we've we've done football games. We've done, most recently, a mini golf outing. You know, you got to have fun along the way. So check us out on on LinkedIn at Soundcore Capital Partners. Um, and then, me personally, uh, feel free to send me an email: r.wolfsburg at soundcorecap dot com. And uh, if you want to connect more on a personal level, you can find me on Instagram, uh, just Ryan Wolfsburg. And uh, we'd love to connect. I've I've met a lot of great people in the industry already um, all over the upper Midwest and uh, Marvin, you included. So we'd love to uh, meet some more people uh, in the industry. And uh, I think we're doing some great things with Soundcore and what we're doing on a commercial paving platform. And, um, you know, we're looking to work with, um some great business owners out there and looking forward to speaking with new ones
0: yeah some of some of our friends uh friends of the podcast right uh their companies partnered with soundcore and i've never heard anything negative at all like all these guys saying yeah it worked out fantastic it's been a great experience so um if you know if that's what you need is a reference from somebody that more than likely if we say their name you'll know they're there so be totally I appreciate Dude, I really appreciate you coming on with with us today. It's been a fantastic conversation, giving us a peek of your journey where it is here. I really enjoy the aspect that our industry, the asphalt industry, has all these careers and availabilities for people of all kinds to give them a home and help them succeed and help them work together and collaborate with all of us as a whole. Dude, it's totally cool, totally fantastic. Never did I ever think that I would be having a conversation like this with you, and here we are. So, dude, I, I really appreciate your availability to be able to do it and uh, to come on and share with us today. So, for myself, for Ryan Wolfsburg, uh, this is Blacktop Banner, and as always, we speak asphalt. Peace. We've had our 800 network phone number on the side of our trucks and equipment for a while now. And having branding power over your competition who has a complicated phone number versus 1-800-ASPHALT or 1-800-BLACKTOP makes it easier for people to remember and all the calls go directly to you. Plus, when you join the 800-Pavement network, you're joining over 300 pavement contractors who have generated over $2 billion in combined total sales. You can call 1-800-Pavement or you can go to the website, 1-800-Pavement.com, and you'll find them. If you've been listening to the show for a while, you know that I've been using Stencil Plus for years. They have everything I need for line striping jobs, from multi-piece stencils, stencils with different thicknesses, stencils for the big box stores, custom stencils, and they have free shipping on all orders within the U.S. Plus, for a limited time, friends of this podcast can save an additional 10% on all orders at Stencil Plus. Just use code BB10. That's BB10, as in blacktop banter, at stencilplus.com. From spray tips, pour pots, street brooms and handles, flagging tape, chalk lines, and more, Liberty Supply is a one-stop shop for all your asphalt tool and equipment supply needs. They've been an invaluable resource for us, and owners Sam and Mike are great guys. They're ready to help you with anything you need. What more could you ask for? Visit their website at libertysupply.biz or call 800-397-9907 and tell them Marvin sent you.